All right, hello and welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast, episode one. So this is certainly exciting, starting on this new adventure of wanting to do a podcast. You know, this is something I've been considering for probably the last year, year and a half or so. I just really, you know, wanted to be able to share just some of the thoughts and the lessons I've learned trying to improve on hunting um, in the great state of Michigan. Um, we have such a strong heritage of, you know, hunting and fishing and outdoor life. Um, you know, this is such a beautiful state for all that, you know, those activities. So really what this goal of this podcast is, is, you know, there's, again, not a day that goes by where I'm not thinking about hunting or whitetails or, you know, fishing or, you know, wanting to do out and do, you know, habitat improvement, scouting, and, you know, I wanted to be able to share this with fellow hunters that, at best, average hunters or even people that are getting back into hunting or haven't hunted in, you know, in the past, but want to get into it. Um, you know, I have, you know, started out as a child, you know, always, you know, being out in the outdoors, spending most of my days playing out in the woods, you know, shooting BB guns, you know, that type of stuff, just enjoying being in nature. And then, of course, life goes on. You know, you start getting in your teenage years and you start getting distractions. High school and sports take take over. And then once you start, you know, start on your career and whatnot, you start realizing that you want to get back to the nature. You want to get back to being in the outdoors. And especially um, having hunted in the past, you know, I really wanted to get back to uh, being able to go out and hunt you know, provide for my family in that manner instead of just going always going to the grocery store. I started really diving in deep on becoming a better hunter. And, you know, certainly starting out, I had a ton of mistakes. You know, when I got back into it again, there was a lot of things I thought that I knew about hunting and how to, you know, find deer and harvest a deer. And, you know, there was that big disconnect of what I knew and what I thought I knew. So there was a lot of hard lessons learned. You know, it's been just this rabbit hole that I've gone down in the past few years of just trying to get better at, you know, even the little things when it comes to hunting. You hear about all these great hunters and, you know, how they can be successful. And many times they're quite similar to kind of what I found is that, you know, they're just not naturally great hunters, but they put in the work, they put in the time, and, you know, time has been the greatest thing that I realized for many of these hunters that made them great hunters to begin with. So I just wanted to share that um, on the lessons I've learned. Um, hopefully some people can, you know, learn from it, improve on their hunting ability, and and ultimately, you know, this is actually going to be kind of like my type of journaling. You know, I'm not, I'm not a good writer, so I am going to just go through, you know, hopefully throughout the season progresses, you know, what I'm thinking about, what uh, my priorities are, and what I ultimately um, want to do for, you know, this coming seasons and things I'm focusing on and want to actually improve on. And then we want to dive into, you know, other aspects. You know, deer hunting is going to be certainly the bulk of what's discussed because that's, you know, kind of what my highest priority is. Um, throughout the year, but certainly, you know, wanting to get back into, you know, doing a lot more fishing. You know, when I was growing up as a kid, 
you know, my dad got me my very first, uh, you know, topwater bait. And, you know, that first bass that I caught, I was hooked on bass fishing. So I want to get back into fishing as well. And not just bass fishing. You know, certainly with family and whatnot, like I want to be able to provide, you know, additional meals to the family and also give them the experience. You know, I know my kids are certainly definitely interested in wanting to go fishing. Um, and I want to be able to give them the opportunity to experience that, you know, and, and that joy that, you know, fishing can come with as a child. And then also want to go into, you know, different hunting seasons. You know, certainly turkey seasons is right around the corner. And we'll actually, you know, close with that a little bit as well. Doing foraging um, here in the springtime, you know, morel mushrooms are fantastic. And going out and finding those is always a blast. And then certainly as we progress throughout the summer months, you know, things getting ready, you know, food plot season, you know, scouting, habitat work. And then ultimately we'll come up to this fall where it'll come deer season. And we will, you know, dive into those hunts and what I've learned and then we'll actually hopefully be able to talk to some you know, individuals that will have certainly some better insight and things that can help us along the way. All right. And as I said before, you know, growing up in northern Michigan, you know, especially it's hard not to have had some experience with the outdoors, you know, whether it's camping as a family, going out fishing, hunting. You know, Michigan has a long, long history of a hunting tradition and heritage almost talk to anybody and they have you know some form of deer camp story or opening day story or you know this hunting season in general i mean there's nothing better than listening to you know my father and his friends talk about you know their times hunting in the past you know it doesn't even matter if you hear that story a hundred times over just the joy that it brings them telling those stories no matter how many times they tell it it's it's so great to hear. And then I just hope that eventually, you know, I'll be one of those old guys that, you know, sit around talking about, you know, the glory days of my hunting and the stories of sharing it with friends and having, you know, my kids just kind of shake their heads like, oh, here they go again. So speaking of the history, you know, certainly going back, you know, one of my favorite stories is the very first buck that I ever harvested. I was 12 years old and it was the very first year I was able to do the youth early firearm season. I don't know who was more excited, me or my dad um, at the time because he couldn't sit still. I just remember that he was so excited to be able to take his son out on his very first rifle hunt for whitetail. A neighbor was literally across the street and he had um, quite a few acres. This time he opened it up for us to be able to try to hunt on his property. We didn't have, you know, that high-speed gear that they have now. You know, I had an old pair of his old, you know, army pants, you know, the old you know, BDU army camouflage and, you know, an old, you know, army top that I wore. I think my dad was even just wearing, like, his blue jeans and, like, a jean jacket or vest or something like that and, like, an old Marine Corps um, camouflage hat. We were quite the sight, I'm sure, you know, going out, you know, mid-September to try to go harvest the deer. We actually, I don't even remember if we got up early. It was, you know, from my memory, it was already daylight by the time we got out there. And there was an old gravel pit um, on the edge of this old hay field that we would go out to. And so we're sitting up there and, you know, watching this field. And we're, <laughs> we didn't have chairs. We didn't have a blind. We didn't have 
you know, stand or anything like that. We're just crouched down in this grass overlooking this field um, next to this set of pines that's on, you know, bordering the, the gravel pit. And we're just sitting there not seeing anything and nothing, 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 nothing. I mean, we've gone by an hour and a half, two hours, and still nothing. Next thing I know, my father's tapped me on the shoulder. There are some deer looking right at us behind this berm. There's a doe, uh, maybe even two does, and this buck. He was only a year and a half old deer, but we didn't care. And all he presented was behind this berm was a neck shot. And now this is something that I never, you know, had even considered would be a possibility of trying to shoot at this deer. My father insisted that I could do, I could make this shot. So ever so slowly, I try spinning around, crouch down on his grass, trying to swing the rifle around ever so slowly, finally get turned around. And again, with it being September, you know, this is the only reason why this worked out because in November when rifle season was, these deer would have been on high alert and taken off. So sure enough, I'm aiming right at this deer's neck and I fire. Clean miss. Hit the tree well behind the deer. And this deer simply turns around and looks and sees where the bullet hit the tree because apparently that's the larger noise that it was more concerned about. I, and I'm absolutely shooken up. You know, having taken a shot at my first deer, I, I have no idea what's going on. I don't even know if I hit the deer or what. And my dad is, he's still there. Shoot again. Shoot again. So I don't even know how I pulled this shot off. I take another shot, and I still don't know what's going on. The deer disappears. So he, he clearly took off somewhere, you know. No idea if I hit it or it was just another absolute clean miss. So we're sitting there for a few minutes. The does run off. We didn't see the buck go anywhere. We had no idea what happened. We give it a few minutes. So, I mean, my dad, he's ecstatic already. He's, you know, grabbing on me, shaking me. You know, good job, good job. And uh, so we finally, we've re- we both regain our composure. And it, so we go to try to find this deer. No sign whatsoever. No blood. You know, we got deer tracks, but we're assuming that they're, you know, from the doe. This buck is gone. No idea where it went. Maybe it was, maybe we hit him and he ran back into the pines. We start walking, you know, away from the gravel pit up to where the trail that runs through the pines goes. To this day, I still don't know what made my father want to stop and just turn around. He just had. He said he just had this hunch. Like he thought for sure that I hit this deer, and the fact that it had just disappeared didn't seem right to him. So we stopped and turned around, and lo and behold, on the other side of the hill, on the side that we were actually on, he sees antler tips, and he can't believe it. He can't believe that we missed this deer. We more or less walked past it when. We went to go check the sign. At this point, he he is super excited, and I'm just in shock. You know, I I barely even believe what just happened. You know, I I, I don't even know how much emotion I had, but he he certainly had enough excitement for both of us. 
Sure enough, we walk up. There he laid. Again, we have no idea how he got on this side of the hill. I don't know if it was that just from us being on the ground that he had gotten into that grass enough, and we couldn't even, and we didn't see him circle around the hill, or if he just flipped right over it. We don't know. But we were at this point when we walk up to it, we were both extremely excited, and I'm ecstatic the fact that I hit this deer right through the neck, and he didn't go. I mean, he literally just made it on this other side of the hill, and. I'm thinking, you know, I am the best shooter in the world, even though, retrospect, I know it was entirely luck, and, you know, there were a lot of things that went right to make this happen. So we we get the deer, and my dad guts it all out for me, showing me how to do it, you know, what, you know, what to take out, where to cut, drag the deer out to the edge of the trail, go get the vehicle, load the deer up in the truck and this part is probably the best part of the story i think we spent the next four to six hours driving around to every one of my dad's buddy's houses so he can show off this deer i mean we stopped at four to five different houses and then of course we have to retell the story every time and i'm i'm actually you know, getting a little nervous because, you know, it's still September and it's warm. And we had this deer just hanging out in the back of my dad's truck and he's got one of the, the toppers on it. So it's like, so it's enclosed. So it's warm in back of that truck. And I'm just thinking we need to get home and get this deer taken care of because it is going to start getting rank soon. But sure enough, we go to his buddy's house and they are all ecstatic they were just as excited if not more excited for me than my dad was and of course you know the story they loved hearing that story and you know it was something that I didn't you know it was I was so worried about I think getting the deer home and getting it taken care of that I didn't appreciate what my dad and his friends were doing you know, that was, you know, they were wanting to share the experience, share the story, you know, the camaraderie of the hunting, you know, community. You know, I've learned as an adult now that that is one of the strongest part of the hunting culture is being able to tell stories, to share stories. And, you know, everyone loves to hear about someone else's success. You know, especially if it's someone that they've known for a long time. You know, it doesn't matter if it's their first deer or their hundredth deer. It is exciting to hear that another hunter was successful. So we finally get home. I mean, this is well into the afternoon now. And then we again now have to turn around and start taking pictures. So we take pictures of this deer. So we finally get taken, deer taken care of. I, that that day means more to me now than it did the day it happened. Because that set the foundation of where I am today. And that, that, that hunt, I will never forget. Just because of that reason. So then we get on to 
the later part of the season. Now we've made it through, you know, archery season, which I certainly tried my hand at archery, but it that was a fiasco as well. I truly didn't understand the difference between, you know, hunting with archery equipment and with a firearm. You know, certainly I understood that the equipment was different, but I I didn't grasp the fact that, you know, the tactics are so much different. And certainly starting out too, I did not, I was not well equipped. I actually, my very first bow that I used was an older one that my sister had used. <laughs> the catch is with that is she is right eye dominant and right handed. I am left eye dominant and left handed. So I am using a bow that's set up to shoot right-handed. Everything's backwards for me. The cables are running right next to my arm, and everything's out of alignment. But I did manage to become fairly accurate with it. You know, I could do that, you know, pie play at the 40 yards, which I was happy with. Couldn't be 100% consistent with it, but it worked. But no success. I didn't see a single deer in the tree stand while bow hunting. I was just absolutely in the wrong spots at the wrong time. So zero success. Same thing. We have our classic, you know, opening day routine. We'd go out to our friend's house. We'd get there early in the morning. And we would get fed breakfast. It's been waffles and pork sausage as far back as I can remember. To this day, that is still... Our tradition. No success. No shots. No deer. Fast forward to, it's getting towards the end of the season. You know, we ended up doing a last hurrah of doing a deer drive. We go up into the the hills of the bluff by the lakeshore. This time it was just um, my, my dad and my sister and I. Um, so they set me up as a sitter and there as the drivers. And sure enough... These two bucks come running out, and they're about 80 yards away, running along the top of this bluff. Pull up, fire, have no idea what happened. The gear, the deer are gone. I see the first one that I really didn't have a chance to, that one takes off. But the other one, no idea what happened to it. And again, I'm so shooken up from taking that shot that, and just numb to everything. Finally, here comes my dad and sister. And sure enough, we walk up, and lo and behold, I hit this deer. The blood was really spotty. I mean, you know, pin drop, pin drop, pin drop. It didn't look good. But here we are. Hit this deer. Now we have to try to find it. You know, I I have zero confidence in what just happened. But my dad seemed optimistic. So we're following this trail, and then next thing we know, this deer is just pumping out blood. We all are starting to get excited at this point. You know, we are all thinking that we are going to find this deer in short order. And we're following along, and then it gets to this edge of this bluff where there's a little bit of a drop-off. There's a huge pile of blood right on the edge, and then nothing can't find any tracks through the sand of the bluffs or in the snow. Don't know where the blood trail goes to. 
nothing. Again, another deer that just decided to try to vanish. And we were standing there for a couple minutes at least. Finally, I look over, and this deer must have just just taken this death leap into this big old bush that was right next to us. And there he lay. And at this point, again, we are... <laughs> we're we are just ecstatic. Just my dad doing the like grabbing your shoulders, shaking you good job, smacking on the back, and I'm just you know still trying to take everything in. But here's the fun part. This is an area where it's a couple mile walk just to get in there, and these are the dunes along the lakeshore. See, we are climbing some big hills. So, fortunately, we're up on this little plateau. We drag it to the edge, and, you know, because of how sandy it was up there, my dad decided that, you know, let's just get it down into the woods where the snow is, and then we can get it up there. So, okay, so we start kind of sliding this deer down the snow, and it takes off. And my dad... I, then this part I don't entirely remember either, but according to my dad, I was concerned that the antlers were going to get messed up. I remember it. I was more concerned about the deer in general getting all beat up and smashed, hitting these trees going down the hill. But it makes it down, you know, relatively unscathed. And we get down and we, you know, get this deer gutted out, which at the time, you know, I was shooting a 243, but this bullet. We don't even know what happened. You know, it looked like the shot was a little a little bit back, but upon opening up this deer, both the lungs were completely destroyed. The guts were ripped open. Liver was tore open. And it just looked like this bullet must have bounced around inside that rib cage, and it finally exited, you know, after that. Because there was nothing left in this deer in that chest cavity that wasn't damaged in some manner. So we get them all cleaned out. We try to rinse out all those stomach contents out of the chest cavity with the snow and whatnot. And then comes the drag. We've got one big hill that we have to climb with this deer. And then, again, it's probably close to a mile walk down a two-track. For me and my sister to drag this deer out, it was brutal you know my dad i think because of him you know doing most of the gut work he opted that he was going to carry the rifle out and it was up to me and my sister to get this deer out of here sure enough we're getting it slowly but surely you know we're stripping off all of our hunting jackets shedding the gloves shedding the hat we're just working up a sweat and we get down and who do we find coming on the trail but the park ranger and at this point, I'm actually a little nervous because this would be my first encounter with the park ranger while hunting. Fortunately, my dad was ahead of us, and he told him the story. And by the time we made it up to him, he was super excited for me as well. So we finally get the deer home. At the end of that season, I thought I was this phenomenal deer hunter. You know, tagged out the very first year of me hunting to... Two bucks, I thought I was the best. And then 
the drought. I went 13 years till my next year. I thought that I absolutely lost my ability to hunt. And I totally learned that I had a lot to learn. So that brings us up to today. And with that dry spell, that what led me on the journey of wanting to become just a better hunter and not just relying on what I thought I knew. So I started reading and listening and watching videos and DVDs of these hunters and just wanting to learn more and more. And then as I did that, I began to change where it was no longer just wanting to be this great killer. I ended up changing more to almost focusing on more on conservation than merely the hunt. You know, it was a, certainly a slow transition. You know, starting out wanting to, you know, get food plots started to, to increase my chances. And then it came down to, I want to do food plots to help the herd and increase my chances. Then it proceeded to, I want to make sure that these deer are well fed throughout the year, in winter especially. And now it's even progressed to, I want to use the best practices to ensure good soil quality, good farming habits, to ensure that I have the best crop for these deer. You know, certainly being able to hunt a deer off these food plots is important as well. But many of the deer that utilize this food plot, I will never harvest. And just knowing that they benefit utilizing these fields that I've planted is just as rewarding as being able to harvest it your awful. And that's pretty much where we're at now, where I am obsessed with improving as a hunter, but it's become so much more. So that's essentially my story, at least what got me started. I'm wanting to share my experiences, share what I've learned, and hopefully someone out there can get something out of it. Whether it's another perspective, if it's a new tactic, or a new style of hunting, or even just anything that can improve their experience with hunting and the outdoors in general. So that essentially concludes what I want to cover today. So I'm just wanting to conclude this one with what's to come. You know, certainly it is that time of year when everyone's got turkey hunting on the brain. I myself am not a huge turkey hunter. I've only done that. Oh, this would be my fourth season now. And I know I still have a lot to learn about turkeys and how to hunt them. So even coming up on this season, I don't get all that excited until even just yesterday, driving around and lo and behold, there's the turkeys out in the field, the hens out there feeding and the towns out there just strutting. And apparently that's all it takes for me to get the turkey bug. I am super excited for the upcoming turkey season and I just want to you know, make sure that you know, certainly, if you haven't already, now's the time. Dust off the decoys. Pull out your spring hunting clothes. 
if you haven't already, get those turkey calls out and start practicing. And make sure that your gear is top-notch. And if you have to, if you're making any adjustments to what you're using, always make sure that you've tested it and practiced with it to ensure that you are successful when the time comes. But we will go over that more hopefully next week as the turkey opener is fast approaching. And I'll go over kind of what my tactics and game plan for the upcoming turkey season will be. And I hope that you return and join us for that episode. So again, thank you for listening. And I hope you have a great one out there and enjoy what Michigan has to offer.